It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak up to pick number 18 of our guest mock draft series. It is pick number two for the Miami Dolphins. If you guys missed any of the podcast before, or if you just want a little recap, you can't exactly remember how it went, allow me to recap the board for you. Joe Burrow went number one, Chase Young number two, Jeff Akuda three, Jedrick Wills four, Tua Tungavailoa five to the Dolphins, which is important. Justin Herbert, 6. Javon Kinlaw, 7. Isaiah Simmons, 8. Derek Brown, 9. Tristan Wirfs, 10. Andrew Thomas, 11. CeeDee Lamb, 12. Jerry Judy, 13. Makai Becton, 14. Kenneth Murray, 15. CJ Henderson, 16. Henry Ruggs to the Cowboys at 17 on our last podcast. Jeff was a firecracker explaining everything that's going on in Dallas. So if you missed that one, you definitely got to catch up on that. And here we are, number 18. Miami's second pick. Ben, we've been talking about potential Miami draft halls for a long time. The quarterback was kind of the easy domino, right? You figured it was either going to be Justin Herbert or Tua Tungvaluwa up there at number five, but here at number 18, all bets are off, right? Yeah, and I know because we speak with Kyle on staff, who's a Dolphins fan, obviously, and has been so invested in this draft because of the capital the Dolphins has. And and he, he talks about the fact that, listen, the board is great for them at five. Tua and Herbert potentially both there. Once you get to 18 and 26 for their needs, oftentimes the board is not so favorable. It's tough. So they could be a team that looks to move around in the back half of the first round. But here we're forcing them to make a pick. So be curious to see how they measure the value that's on the board versus the needs on the roster. Excited about our guest who's going to talk about the Miami Dolphins with us because he is a Ben. Gator great. Did you yeah, know that? Well, Did, you know that? Did you know Did that? Did you know that? Did I know that? You brought him on the podcast last year. You like him. You think he's good at his job. Of course it's you because think he's he is great at his job. We're, of course, talking about Safed Dean, who works for the Sun Sentinel. Safed, I, I got to tell you, man, you're, you're, you're batting next after Mike Tannenbaum. So I hope you bring the heat because you're coming up after a former GM. Are you up for the challenge? Oh, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. And I'm really, really surprised. Mike Tannenbaum, who has been just outspoken about Justin Herbert over Tua, taking Tua. That's, we were shocked. The light. I'm glad Dude, he heard you were picking at 18, and he was like, i got to pitch him a changeup and see how he handles it. Well, I'm ready to handle this, and I'm about <laughs> to throw another change changeup curveball to you guys right here, too. Oh, I like it. Hey, before we get into this 18th pick, though, i gotta, I got to ask you, if we would have had you on at number five, would you have been taking Tua? 1000% I would have taken Tua. Okay. All right. Um I think I think Tua's I I think Tua's accuracy, his ability to throw people downfield. Um I think he is better than some NFL starters right now in the league. 
Wow. Um, that's just something that you can't teach, something you can't coach up. Um, and that's something uh, in Justin Herbert's game and Jordan Love's game that just does not compare. The injury is there, of course. I think we all know. But for me, the reward outweighs the risk. And I'm going all in on Tua. Yeah, when you when you pick a guy in the top five, you're certainly hoping that he's going to be better than some NFL starters, no doubt. But, you know, it's it, it's the big talking point to talk quarterback with Miami. But now here at 18, and of course they'll have another stab at it at 26, you get to look at the other parts of the roster. I think we'll get into some of the free agent ads in a little bit in, in greater detail. But when you look at this Miami Dolphins roster, I mean, we went into the year in 2019 thinking, oh God, this team might go 0-16, right? I mean, what brought the roster to that point? How did it look so bleak before they even kicked off week one? Listen, this was all a part of the Dolphins' plan to revamp and rebuild you know, their roster. Um, they got rid of a lot of high-paid high players who were older, on the you know the back end of their careers, um, they brought in a lot of young talent, undrafted rookies, guys who they wanted to see if they could hang you know in the NFL level. And it was bleak. It was bleak at first, man. You know, an 0 seven start. And I mean, granted, during that 0 seven start, there were some first half leads in there where the Dolphins were kind of taking everybody by storm there. Um, but Brian Flores and his staff last season, they really buckled down, put it together, and I think you can't really. Um, away the importance of Ryan Fitzpatrick last season. Um, you know, he was a coach on the field. Um, the players, especially the young players, they all really rallied around him on offense. And they were able to make some stuff happen, you know, with that overtime win over the Bengals and that win over the Patriots to end the season. Um, sure enough, they didn't lose enough games, but they ended up at number five in a great position in the draft. And you get those draft picks. You get Laramie Tunzel and Minka Fitzpatrick, and now you have three first-round picks, two second-round picks this draft and two firsts and two seconds next year. I think the Dolphins are in a great situation to be really young, to build a great team, and, and to have a team that could, you know, really, really take NFL by storm by 22, 23, 24. Uh, Safed, one of the things that I feel happens when a team struggles the way the Dolphins did early in the season is that people write them off, and then when they even come back and, and are stronger to end the season, which the Dolphins certainly were really much improved over that second half of last season— we don't get to see those young players who have developed and have contributed to the team's growth across the course of a year, right? So when I look at this Dolphins roster, there are names that, that I look at. Like I look at an Andrew Van Ginkler and Nick Needham, who's players who had significant starting roles and delivered by the end of the season. Who are some of the young building blocks for this Miami team? Everybody said, oh, they were tanking, they were terrible. Yeah, but but who are the, the players that are going to stick around and be starters for this season and for next season that helped the Dolphins get that stronger second half of the year last year? You know, you mentioned two guys, Van Ginkle, who was a fifth-round pick last year. Um, Nick Needham, an undrafted rookie who became a starter at cornerback. Um, you know, this this rebuild was all about identifying players who were kind of under the rock, maybe not as well-known. Um, and you know, to play their strengths. Van Gingle is an edge rusher. He's an outside linebacker. He can stop the run, you know, if you put him in the right position. Nick Needham, he's handy. He can he can make plays happen. He can also get beat as well, which is, you know, you know the, the positive and negatives of having, you know, an undrafted rookie, you know, playing in a starting role there too. But the Dolphins have, you know, a bunch of players up and down the board. And I think really what it comes down to for me, you know, I can name players, but, I mean, to be honest with you, just like you said, 
you know, I left the end of the season not even knowing who some of these players were, man, because, you know, it was such a revolving door with the Dolphins. Get rid of a DB, get another DB, get rid of a safety, add another safety, throw a guy in on the same week that he got signed, and he's starting for the team, you know? There was a lot of holes that, that needed to be filled. Um, but I think there's there, there's some really strong foundation pieces. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you can play, um, you know, this season while, while Tua, you know, continues to recover. You got Jesse Davis, who could play right tackle or right guard on the O line. He's a building piece here. He's played every single snap, um, you know, pretty much the last two seasons. You know, on defense, you got Jerome Baker. He's the new leader of the defense, and him and Calvin Noy are going to be two really great, strong leaders on Brian Flores' defense next year. Um, you got guys like Eric Rowe, who you switch from cornerback to safety, and he thrives in that role. Um, Christian Wilkins, your first round pick last year, the team really gravitated around him, and he's a defensive, you know, line mm-hmm. fixture now too. So. The Dolphins have a lot of players that they can, you know, really, really build around. It's just how many other players they get in this draft and the next draft to really make this a whole piece to to make it a team that can contend in the future. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When this team started 0-7, started the season on two losses, 59-10 to the Ravens, and then 43-0 to the Patriots, the headlines were all out there. And the narrative kind of came up and it was like, all right, we know the Dolphins are rebuilding, but is Brian Flores just this scapegoat coach? Are they? Do they have him in here just to fire him in a couple of years when the team actually has a roster that can compete? Do they actually even believe in this guy or is he just a stopgap kind of a coach? But then they go five and four in their last nine games, right? And they end the season on two wins how big was that for Flores and and I more so than that is there this belief in him that he is the guy that that narrative that we were talking about at the beginning of the season can die or or just what's the overall thought on Flores knowing that they ended the season a lot stronger than they started it you know I think if you look back at the history of Dolphins coaches you know most of them have barely lasted past the third season um, you know, and the Dolphins this time around when they hired Brian Flores, it was, you know, everybody's hiring the offensive coach. Do you get the Sean McVay? Do you get the uh, the Cliff Kingsbury? You know, and, and the Dolphins kind of veered in the other way and went defense. But more so than, than, than taking a defensive coach, they wanted somebody who was going to be an outright leader. And they felt like Brian Flores was going to be a leader of men, even though, you know, he is one of the youngest coaches in the league. Um, and I think by the end of that five and, you know, five and four uh, stretch to end last season, you really saw that. Brian Flores was the right guy for this team. You know, he's a player's coach. The players gravitate towards him. Um, you see so many of the Patriots players come over in free agency, um, you know, this offseason because of their relationships with Brian Flores. Um, and the team really just galvanized around him just as much as they did about Ryan Fitzpatrick last season, too. But I think if you look at the Dolphins' rebuild and you look at where it is year two and with the pieces that they're going to add, and they had added already in free agency, 
you can say that their rebuild is a lot further along than, say, a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. You're not sure what Zach Taylor brings to the table or even Matt Patricia, who might lose his job you know, next season after coaching the Lions or other teams in the mix where, you know, the Redskins have to pick up Ron Rivera, brand new coach, and they're starting from scratch. I think the Dolphins are, you know, maybe a step or two ahead of some other teams in the league who are rebuilding. And because of the coach that you have in Brian Flores and the results you saw at the end of the season, you're really, really, really encouraged for what can happen in the future. Now, we you, Trev talked a little bit about the expectations for Brian Flores coming into last season and, and the extent to which he delivered. I think that you obviously then you have to step into Chris Greer and ask the question now. Greer's been helping call the shots. He's been in Miami four seasons now. And, and obviously Miami's at this point now where they're, they're pivoting and they expect to see an improvement in the roster, an improvement in, in their performance, especially if they're able to secure the quarterback position, which we think they're going to do at five. If you can get a starting quarterback in this league, you'll be a GM. And if you can't identify that player, you won't be, unless you're John Elway. Different conversation. With Chris Greer <laughs> in Miami, is this the draft that makes or breaks it with him? He's had a few years now. They got a head coach that they really like. If Greer fails to get the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, that helps them really turn it around in the AFC East. Now that Brady's gone, is this the final straw for Greer? Or do you think there's more to his leash than that? Uh, I'm not sure if there's more to his leash. I think he already picked a quarterback up in Josh Rosen, um, and, and you, you took a flyer on a kid who, um, you know, maybe you outbid yourselves and, and gave up a little bit too much to the Cardinals and giving up a second round and a fifth round pick for Josh Rosen, and he didn't really pan out to be, you know, a, a, a day one starter for you um, because you had Ryan Fitzpatrick. But this quarterback pick is going to decide his fate and his, his legacy, honestly, as a Dolphins GM. You know, he's been making the picks for the past four years, like you mentioned, but he's been with the organization for the past 15 years. You know, he worked his way up to this GM role, and he's seen decisions made from front offices, from coaches, from GMs ahead of him in the front office. And and he's seen what, what has gone wrong in teams of Dolphins, Dolphins past. And now the Dolphins are counting on him to pick the right player to, you know, to, to take this whole thing into the future. You got to look at the research that 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 Chris Greer also did on Tua Vailoa. You know, this is the rebuild was was centered around finding a quarterback, and Tua. You know, if the Dolphins get him at five, would be worth well spent because Chris Greer saw Tua play four times last season. You know, you don't really see that from a GM or, or, or front office people going four straight times to Alabama or to another you know school to watch a player and other players from a certain team. Um, the Dolphins owner even saw you know Tua Vailoa play twice. Um, that's some serious conviction there to see if this guy is the right player for you or not. And I think this quarterback decision is going to ride, you know, tremendously uh, on what Chris Greer's legacy is with the Dolphins as the Dolphins GM and, you know, with what him and Brian Flores hope to accomplish here in Miami. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get into some of the team needs that they have. 
we talked about quarterback being probably the pick there at number five. So you got to get into the rest of the roster and let's take the free agency class that they had in 2020 into account because they're busy. They brought in Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Eric Flowers, Jordan Howard, and a handful of other names as well. When you look at this number 18 pick with the free agents included in the equation on the depth chart, where are the biggest areas of need? Because Miami's got a lot of picks in this draft. So I feel like we have a tendency to just muck up what might be the most important because we can do so many mock drafts and say, oh, well, at the end of it, I, I got all the needs. Like I, I, I was able to rope them all in, but I'm sure that there are more pressing needs than others. So when it comes to this pick here, this pick at number 18, what are the biggest targets for them to try to improve? You know, let's let's not, you know, split any hairs here. At the beginning of this season where they had that 0-7 start, it seemed like they had needs at every single position. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair too. It seemed like you had needs at every position, but I think, you know, you got quarterbacks figured out if you're taking to a, um, you need a left tackle and you need a right tackle. You need two bookends to, to hold up your offensive line. You need to buy two, uh, you know, those two, three seconds for him to, you know, release the ball and to keep him healthy and upright. Um, more than that, too, you, you needed a cor- you needed corners, you needed DNs, and you needed safety heading into free agency. And you answered two of those with Byron Jones, who's going to lock down be, be a lockdown corner, opposite Xavier Howard, and you got three guys: Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, who are going to be an edge rusher and kind of you know correct the wrongs of, of taking Charles Harris in the first round in 2017 and, and picking up Taco Charlton off waivers from the Cowboys last season. Um, so safety is a huge need to kind of, you know, round out the defense, put a cherry on top of the defense, um, but left tackle and right tackle are the biggest needs. Running back is another big need because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the team's leading rusher last year. Um, you know, wait, 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 run that back. Yeah. Uh, there was three quarterbacks in the league that led their teams in rushing. It was Lamar Jackson, it was Kyler Murray, and it was 37-year-old Ryan. <laughs> of course, no, of course, yeah, as as one would expect. You know, these are the big three. These are the three biggest rushing <laughs> yeah. threats in the league. I did, I legit did not know that. Maybe I saw it and forgot about it, but I totally uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, Dolphins leading rusher. Listen, man, when you see that beard and that that. A little bit of a gut and that that's rock solid body coming towards you. It's kind of hard to hard to get in the way of that. And yeah, that he truck sticks some dude. I think it was in 2018, but didn't he have some like insane hit stick? Oh, for sure. He's he's, he's trumping in over everybody, and he might get trucked a little bit too. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting right back up. He's gonna fix his beard, fix his chin strap, and get right back. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, going back to the team needs: left tackle, safety, right tackle running back, and I think wide receiver is a bigger need than a lot of people think um, for the Dolphins, too, because they have some players here. you got Devontae Parker, you got Albert Wilson, you got Allen Hearns, um, you got two other, Jakeem Grant, uh, there's somebody else I'm missing here, but, you know, oh, Preston Williams, who really right. shined last season as an undrafted rookie, but all five of those guys have, you know, recent injuries. Preston tore his ACL. Albert Wilson's working his way back from a hip injury. Alan Hearns was banged up a little bit last year. Jakeem Glenn, he's a really shifty, one of the fastest kick returners in the league, but the last two years, you know, been uh, ended the season early because of foot injuries. And Devontae Parker, you know, the first-round pick in 2015, who was very, very underwhelming for most of his career, finally played the whole season, 16 games. 
had career highs in receptions, touchdowns, yards because of it with the production. And so with that injury history as the receiver position, I believe it's a bigger need than a lot of people think despite, despite them having depth at the position. Okay, well, so then here we are at 18. One first-round pick done, two first-round picks remaining, and obviously the, the seconds as well. Knowing the Dolphins have this bevy of needs, and as the boards fall into you here in this mock draft, so I want to hear who you take at 18, uh, and then I also want to hear why and maybe who else was in a consideration for you at this pick. Let me let me start with, with, with who was in consideration here. Because sure. we get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick last year, so automatically you need a safety. You got a first-round pick back from Pittsburgh, and Xavier McKinney from Alabama and Grand Delpit are on the board here um, at 18, and that's it's a great range. These are both first-round talents. Maybe Delpit second round if you, if you don't like his tackling or you think he hasn't improved enough on that aspect of it too. Um, I'm kind of sad that one of these four, you know, tackles in the draft, you know, didn't drop all the way to 18. Um, I think realistically, the Dolphins may trade up from 18 to go try to get one of those guys. And I think 18 is maybe too early to get a guy like Josh Jones or mm-hmm. somebody else, you know, one of the other tackles in the draft. Um, so I'm going out of left field here. I'm not going running backs a little bit too early here, but I'm picking up LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. woo Dang. Okay. Okay. So hear me out here. Now, yeah, hear let's hear out, it. Right now, hear me out. Okay, so I can pick a safety here, right? I can I can take McKinney. I could take Delpit. Um, I could probably get one of those two guys with a 26 pick two if I really wanted to, even though ideally if I don't get a tackle in my first two picks, I want to get a tackle for 26, even if I reach for, even if I have to reach for it. But I think I can get Antoine Winfield or, or Ashton Davis, you know, in the second or third round, I Mm -hmm. think I can wait on those two guys. I don't think talent, um, drop off is, is as significant between those four safeties. Um, but I think even though wide receiver is one of the deepest positions, you know, in this draft, I can't get a Justin Jefferson after the first round. Um, Henry Ruggs went off the board. Judy went off the board. CeeDee Lamb went off the board. And I think Justin Jefferson is just as electric as those players. Wow. And if you got a guy that can get open as fast as possible, that can be magical in the, in the passing game, that can – he has an awareness of – when plays kind of dissolve in the backfield and he starts to go get open for his for his quarterback, that really helped Joe Burrow, you know, last season. And I think it could really help Tua Tunga Bailoa as well in Miami. So I'm going off the script. I'm going away from all the position needs. I'm going to go get a baller and I'm going to go continue building my offense. And I'm going to take Justin Jefferson and I'm going to pair him with Devontae Park, Preston Williams. And I'm going to have a dynamic receiving core in Miami for Tua Tonga Bailoa. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that pairing because you got Parker, you have Williams. Those are two guys that had pretty good years last season uh, for an offense that, um, you know, a lot of time outside of Ryan Fitzpatrick doing his own thing, didn't have a ton of identity. Are you specifically playing Justin Jefferson in the slot with those guys, or what? Like, how would you envision that kind of a pick fitting in Miami? Yeah, I think if you're going to pair him with those two guys, he's going to be a slot receiver, but he is, I think, the ultimate X factor. You can move him around anywhere, and he's okay. going to beat whoever's in front of him defending him. Um, he just, he's creative in space. He gets open, um, and he's got that dog mentality that nobody's going to stop him 
which he saw at LSU last season and during his career there at LSU. Um, and I think that's something the Dolphins need. The Dolphins need playmakers. They need electrifying guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about all the best receivers in the league, and I don't know if Justin Jefferson can get to the point where he's like a Michael Thomas, um, like a Julio Jones, like one of those other guys. But I can see him being like a Tyreek Hill or, or, or Calvin Ridley, a, a guy who can get the ball, take off, and a big play kind of demoralizes you. A 60-yard gain demoralizes you or a big-time touchdown, um, you know, really sinks the defense. And I think a player like that is what the Dolphins need to, to make sure that they go as far away as possible from that 0-7 start in that 5 win season they had a year ago. So let me ask then, just right now, if you were looking at wide receiver at 18, Jefferson, at 26, would you be hoping for offensive tackle or safety? Who are you targeting at that spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Josh Jones if I can, um, if he's right. still on the board. Um, I'm disappointed I couldn't get one of those top four tackles. Um, I think it's too early to go for, you know, I don't know if I, I want to wait around much for, you know, a guy like um, like uh, uh, Lucas Niang. Maybe I get him in the second round. Um, but it's too early for guys like Austin Jackson or, you know, the Auburn left tackle, Prince Tega, um, some other guys down later on in the draft. I think I, I want to get one of these first-round first round grade, second-round grade tackles. And ideally, if I can leave the second round with a guy like Josh Jones and a guy like Lucas Niang, I already had my bookend tackles, and I'm calling it a day. Uh, I've got my yeah. offense built up, and if I can get running back in the second round, if I can get Dobbins, um, specifically Dobbins. If I can get Dobbins, uh, I would call it a day. I would call the offense ready to go, um, sign me up, put them all on the field, let's get ready for week one. Man, I, I know that Dolphin fans have been looking at, at J.K. Dobbins a lot, so they've envisioned that already. Probably haven't had a lot of them that have thought about Justin Jefferson, but, man, if you bring those two in, you bring in an offensive lineman. Talking about a nice little offense they're building down there in Miami. Safed, thank you so much for joining us, making a pick, a good one in Justin Jefferson. We really appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime, guys. Always a pleasure. Pick number 19. Speaking of teams that pick twice. Wow. Transitions. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders coming up next. You guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 